And you can stand once you get your tithes and offerings ready. God's love is so big that our English words are inadequate to describe. So we use words like reckless because we can't think of anything else crazier. Words like scandalous because we cannot comprehend the mystery of his love. So while our words fall adequate, the Father sees our hearts. And if your heart condemned you, it's okay because the Father's greater than your heart and he never does. Please read with me. But this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. So let each one give as he purposes in his heart, not grudgingly or of necessity. For God loves a cheerful giver. And God is able to make all grace abound toward you that you, always having all sufficiency in all things, may have an abundance for every good work. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verses 6 through 8. You may give. Uh, Children's Church, sorry y'all, I always forget that. Children's Church can be dismissed with Miss Martha and Miss Kimmy in the back. Children's Church. There they go. Y'all got this. (laughs) Um, Two quick things about Friends and Family Day. Uh, Pastor Serena would have made this announcement, but Pastor Serena... Is um, under the weather at home with the baby, and uh, I'm also not feeling too hot. So, y'all, y'all stay with me today. So, if I did not come speak to you, it's because I'm trying to get y'all sick because I love y'all, and this this sucks right here. Um, but for Friends and Family Day, the kids will have their little costume parade like they did last year. So, if you have a little one who's in the children's church, please make sure they come in their little costumes. It's going to be a fun time. Instead of trunk or treat this year, we are implementing table or treat for our friends and family day. So we're going to have one jumpy house this year, and then the other side is going to be for tables for people to decorate and give out candy to the kids. Um, So if you would like to decorate a table, please contact me or Miss Melody or Pastor Serena, and uh, we would love for you guys to take part in that. 
Um, I do have the invite cards today. Did y'all get some of those invite cards? Okay, they were handing them out at the um, welcome tables, but also I put some extra ones right there in that middle table in the hallway, the big one, the old welcome area. So y'all please take those and start giving those out to your friend, family and friends. Um, today, I know we were planning for the CWAC culture class, but we're going to postpone that since I'm feeling under the weather. Um, I don't want to be that close proximity with you guys and y'all stuck in a room with me because um, I'm really not feeling well. And so I pushed through today because I love you guys, and I wasn't just going to not come because that's not who I am. Um, and I really believe that today can be impactful and encouraging for all of us together today. Um, I actually had a, uh, the sermon I was putting together all week was one I believe has a lot of deep revelation. And I finished it around 1 a.m. last night. And then as soon as I finished it, Holy Spirit said, that's not what you're preaching tomorrow. Um, and so then at 1 a.m. I had to hit a reset, and I sat there for about an hour um, saying, Holy Spirit, what in the world do you want me to say? Um, and so today, uh, our sermon talk, so you don't have a PowerPoint for that purpose because uh, it was 3 a.m. by the time I finally went to bed. Um, today's going to be called The Mystery of Silence. The Mystery of Silence. And would y'all please stand with me as we pray today? Will you please raise your hands to heaven with me as we prepare to receive Father, we just thank you for another day to gather. <laughs> thank you for allowing us to live in your purpose. And the purpose you made us for to glorify you. Father, our one, our one purpose is to glorify you. And Father, I pray we live that purpose to the fullest. And so, Father, today I just pray that as we, as we have gathered together to, to worship you, to praise you, to glorify your name, I just pray that our praise is just beautiful to you today. And that is from such a genuine and transparent heart that we just give you glory because of how good you have been to us. That even in the seasons of silence, we look back to the moments where you spoke to us and we cling to that, Father. Above all else, we cling to your goodness and your mercy and your grace, and we know you are a good, good Father. And so today, Holy Spirit, just open, open minds, open ears, open hearts to receive that we may understand the mystery of silence. In your mighty name we pray, amen and amen. Welcome, everybody. Are we online, Nicholas? Awesome. Thank you so much, Bradley, Nicholas. Y'all are the bomb.com. Miss Pat, Kevin, thank you guys so much today. Uh, so we're live on Facebook. All right, everyone in-house, say good morning to everyone online. Good morning. A little bit weak sauce. Let's do it again. Good morning. That was much better. I'm proud of y'all. Good morning, everybody. And now everyone online, say good morning to everyone in-house. Yes. That was real weak sauce. All right. I really, I really wonder if someone like screamed at their like cell phone, good morning. That would be awesome. I would love that so much. <laughs> our, one, our one passage for today is only two verses. Psalms 22, 1 through 2. Psalms 22, 1 through 2. This is King David in a season where he's struggling, he's hurting. And I think a lot of, a lot of us can resonate with this. My God, my God. Why have you forsaken me? Why are you so far from saving me, so far from my cries of anguish? My God, I cry out by day, but you do not answer. By night, but I find no rest. Any of you ever felt like that? Any of you ever felt like that? God's just far, y'all. Like, I, I can't find him. He's distant from me. He's not talked to me in a while. I haven't felt his, his love in a while, his compassion 
in a while. And while we know that God is never truly distant, why? Because Acts 17, 28, Paul says this, in him we live, we move, and we have our very being. If your very being is in the Father, you cannot be distant from him. It's not possible. But there are seasons in, in our finite humanity where we feel distant. Anybody feel distant now? Any of you, any of you struggling, you feel distant. I'm in a season like that myself right now, but it's crazy that in the silence there can be revelation poured out. Today we're going to talk about the mystery of silence. And before we get into the main topic, I want to talk about this word that is used in the New Testament for mystery. The Greek word for mystery is mysterion. And it's not actually originally a religious term. It's actually a military term. So when a king was going to battle, he would not reveal his plans to any of the soldiers. Not even the generals would have the full scope of the battle plan. He would only reveal his full purposes to his children. The princes, the sons of the king, because if he were to die in battle, they could be able to carry on the full plan, the full scope and purpose of the battle. And so this word mysterion, once again, was a military term. The soldiers weren't told because if the soldiers were kidnapped and tortured, they would spill out the whole plan. And so the king knew, I can't just tell everyone my full scope of my plan to conquer my campaign because if one person gets captured, there goes the whole campaign. It's all for naught. I've wasted it all. And so this word mysterion is the word used throughout our whole New Testament, which is actually used about 18 times in the New Testament in the word mystery, mysterion. So what is Paul saying here? What is Paul saying here? Paul is saying that the mysteries of God are revealed to his sons and daughters. That we as sons and daughters have a privilege to a mystery that was hidden before the foundations of the world, Scripture says, was not revealed to the sons of man, but has been revealed to the sons of God. So as we look at the scriptures, there are a lot of things that are called mysteries because they can only be revealed by one, and that is the Father. Scripture even tells us Jesus doesn't even know the day nor hour that he will return, but only the Father. Jesus did not even come for his own purposes, but to do the will of his Father who sent him. Jesus even said this. He said, I don't do anything and I don't say anything unless I first see the Father do it and hear the Father do it. Jesus came in the mystery of the Father and the plan was revealed to the Son which now through the one son has been revealed to all sons and daughters. So today we're going to talk about the mystery that has been revealed to us and the mystery of his silence. The purpose of the mystery is this. True growth happens in seasons of silence where you feel nothing and hear nothing, yet you praise through, pray through, and persevere through. I'm going to say this again. This this is the purpose of the mystery of silence. True growth happens in seasons of silence where you feel nothing and hear nothing, yet you praise through, pray through, and persevere through. There are specific revelations that can only come through seasons of silence. And I want to talk about apathy versus seasons of silence. You know, the beauty of having a relationship with the Father is that our relationship with, with husband and wife is compared to relationship with church and Jesus Christ. 
And there's something so inseparable about a union between husband and wife. And I think the picture is just absolutely beautiful. But anyone who's married or has been married knows that marriage is a lot of work. Relationships, maintaining relationships, building relationships, edifying relationships take a lot of work. So there's a difference between apathy and seasons of silence. Apathy happens Michelle talked about it a little bit when we posture our heart towards ourselves and not towards the Father. And I'm not going to be dogmatic about this because I have been through so many seasons of apathy in my life where even in ministry I was seeking my own purpose and not the purpose of the Father. When Proverbs 19:21 clearly tells us this, many are the plans in a man's heart but only the purposes of God will prevail. So seasons of apathy are when we turn to ourselves more than the Father. Who's been there? Yes, I think everyone, y'all, if we're honest, everyone has been to that point. And th- this, is, this is the thing about it. In seasons of apathy, you will feel distant because you have not spent adequate time with him. So there are seasons of apathy where we posture our heart away from him. And the reason we feel distant is because we have not spent time with him. If I do not spend quality time with my wife, I guarantee there will be a feeling of distance. I may live in the same apartment as her, yet feel a thousand miles away from her. Do do we understand what I'm saying? The Father never leaves you, but there are seasons where through your own actions you feel distant from him, but he never left you. So there are seasons where by our own doing we feel distant. But there are seasons that the Father appoints for every person to walk through You could call it the valley of the shadow of death at times of seasons where you don't hear him and seasons where you don't feel him. But you can be comforted and encouraged in this. He planned it for you to experience. And this is why. There were seasons when you were an infant in the faith and every time you cried, he came and coddled you. Every time you were hurt, every time you screamed, every time you were hurt in the faith, he came to you and he coddled you. There were seasons of infancy for you. So let me compare this to me and my son. Ezra loves to pitch fits. Ezra loves to throw himself down on the ground when he doesn't get what he wants or daddy says no. And so there's come a season, instead of picking him up and letting him throw himself back on the ground, I let him lay there for a minute and then he picks himself back up. He's learning maturity through this process because he realizes that he's not going to get attention from daddy when he pitches a fit. But now he knows when I pitch a fit, daddy's going to let me stand up on my own. So there comes a season where God no longer coddles us in every single moment and every single situation, but in the silence. Listen, true maturity comes in the silence because of this right here. I need you to listen in. The Father wants you to know him so much. Wants you to know his heart so deeply. Wants you to be in such a walk with him that if you were to never feel a goosebump again, that if you were to never feel a fresh word again, you could walk every single day according to his will. I know my wife so well at this point that I never even have to ask her what she wants to eat. I know the three restaurants she wants, and I know what she wants from every single one of those restaurants. And so I know my wife to the point I don't even have to ask many questions anymore. I just do what needs to be done because I know her heart. My wife could never communicate to me ever again what she wants, and I would know exactly what she wanted. This is the mystery of Jesus Christ in the church of husband and wife. There's a mystery in this thing that seasons of maturity come, silence comes because the father wants you to know his heart without him having to coddle you and pick you up. 
There are seasons that come in our life where the Father expects you to walk with him when you don't feel like it. There are seasons that the Father expects you to pray to him when you don't feel like he hears you. There are seasons where he expects you to praise him where you don't feel any praise in your soul. I'm, I'm in a season right now. I came from a season of exuberant praise where I felt it all the time to a season where I don't feel much while I'm praising, but I know he's worthy to be praised. And so I'm currently in a season of silence, but I continue to press on through prayer, through praise, and I persevere through these things. Why? Because I am at a place of maturity in my faith that I don't need him to call on me every time I fall. That every time I scrape my knee, I don't need daddy to pick me up and kiss me. Why? Because there's a point of maturity that we as all believers are meant to come through. And we talked last week that maturity comes through a revelation of his love. Knowing that even when bad things happen, even when I don't feel him in it, I know that he is working all things together for my good. I don't need to feel goosebumps to know that he loves me. I don't need goosebumps to know that he is worthy of my praise. I know I am finite. I know he is infinite. I know he created me for the purpose of his glory, not my own. And so at the end of the day, when you're wandering past your side, what is my purpose? You only have one and it has nothing to do with you. So you can rest your head easy at night, not wondering how can I fulfill my purpose? It's real easy. Pray to him, praise him and persevere in him. But these revelations come through seasons of silence. How many of you know that it's in the, in the hardest seasons of marriage that you learn the most about your spouse? It's in the hardest seasons of marriage that you grow the most as a couple. There are seasons with the father that don't feel honeymoonish anymore. There are seasons with the father that don't feel good anymore. But there's a place he's trying to take you through this journey. He wants you to know his heart so much that you could never feel a goosebump again and know exactly what he wants and desires of you. And apathy is when we posture our hearts towards ourselves, not the Father, which we've all been there. We're human. I don't condemn anyone for living in seasons of apathy because we all face it. No one is perfect. Even King David faced seasons of apathy. We all face these things. But the fact of the matter is you feel distant because how you've postured your heart towards him in seasons of apathy. But in seasons of silence, there's something he wants to reveal to you. There's, there, there's a mystery he wants to unlock to you. Mystery means to be hidden. There are things he wants to uncover for you in seasons of silence. And a lot of the times in seasons of silence, he actually answers questions without even saying a word. I have noticed that deep, deep questions of revelation, deep questions of scripture that I've had were actually revealed to me in seasons of silence, not through seasons of prosperity. So there are things that have to take place in a season of silence. But once again, a season of silence, God sets the purpose for you to experience these things. And so in a season of silence, you don't have to be discouraged and distraught. Know that even in the silence, he is working for your good. Praise through, pray through, persevere through. He's still worthy even when we don't feel goosebumps. He still hears even when we feel completely alone. He still empowers even, even when we feel too weak to go on. When you praise him without, without feeling anything, that's when true praise is birthed within you. I'm going to tell you this right now. There was a season 
when I, had, I first became the pastor here, my first six months here, I had no idea on God's green earth what the heck I was doing here. I didn't know why I was here. I didn't know why anyone would ever want me here. I felt like I, I couldn't even walk. Everywhere I walked, I was stumbling. I couldn't even stand up all by myself like I was walking with a limp. I didn't know what in the world I was doing. But one day I walked into this sanctuary and I fell down at this altar. I'm about to cry, crying like a baby. God, why? God, why? God, why? And he said, I'm never going to answer your why. You just need to know I'm worthy. And I stood up. I turned on worship music in this place. I was running around like a crazy man. And in that moment, I feel like for the first time in my life, true praise was birthed within my spirit. And so there are seasons in the season of silence. Because can I can I tell you this? Your questions to why will probably never be answered. He's not obligated to answer you. Why? Because you couldn't even understand if he did. Why? Because we see this much. He sees everything. So we see only us. He sees everybody. And you don't know what the enemy meant for your harm. He meant for your good. And not just that, your downfalls are actually meant to uplift other people. Why? Because we all fall sometimes. Someone is going to know, need to know your experience. Someone is going to need you to help them walk through this. We have had people in this past season who have lost spouses. And one thing that has blessed my heart is to see other people who have been widows and widowers walk alongside them in the process. Things you walk through are never not for any purpose. God always has a purpose, even when you don't understand it. Many of you lost your spouse. You couldn't understand. God, why did you do this to me? But you don't even know how many people have come to me. And talked about how you have encouraged them in your season of brokenness. How you have pushed them on and encouraged them to go forward. So even in that, God was working it for the good. When you pray, even when you feel like he'll never hear what you have to say, that's when true prayer begins. When you get past the point of him being your personal genie to grant your wishes and understanding what you pray may never come to pass. This is when our true prayer is redefined because you realize it's not about you anymore. James says this, you receive not because you ask not, but you also ask incorrectly when you do. Why? Because in seasons of prosperity, we continue to pray for more. God, give me more, give me better. Yes, God, give me more, give me better. But it's in the seasons of silence where you stop asking for things and you start asking for him. That is when prayer is truly birthed in our hearts. When we stop asking for material possessions, when we stop asking for prosperity in the workplace, but it's in the seasons of silence that you truly miss what you had with him. And it's in the seasons of silence where you realize the only thing that really matters in prayer is that you commune with the Father. And in those seasons is when we learn true prayer, that it was never about what you could get from him. It was about getting him. He's the purpose. Out of anything you do, he's the purpose. This is how Paul could tell the Corinthians, whatever you do, whether eating or drinking or sleeping or walking, whatever you do, do unto the glory of God because you were created for him. When you persevere at your weakest moments because you know his strength never leaves you. I need to talk about this for a minute, y'all. This past season for me has really been a season of abandonment of myself, and it's been really hard because I've always been an achiever. I've always been a goal setter. I've always been a go-getter in myself. I've achieved. I've always been an achiever. And in this season where I've been freed from law and striving, it's been hard for me being in a place of freedom because it's caused me to only rely on him and not myself. And so in this season, I am learning what it truly means to persevere. Because in this season, I don't feel his strength majority of the time. I used to feel Holy Spirit come upon me so mildly that I could barely hold it in my body. But in this season, I haven't felt that in a long time. 
And so what I used to base upon emotions and feelings, I now base upon the truth of who I know him to be. And I know that when he poured his spirit into me, he would never take it away. And I know that the, the spirit is the comforter. I know the spirit is the one who empowers me. And so instead of relying on a feeling to feel strong, I know that through him I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me and loved me and gave himself for me. And so I no longer bank on my own self and my feelings, but I have realized that true perseverance actually has nothing to do with me, but it's his spirit working his way through me. So there's a season that comes when, listen, a lot of you have been beat down over the past year because you've been trying to persevere through your flesh. That's called striving. Striving is exhausting. Striving is not physically exhausting only, it's mentally exhausting. This is why many of you have gotten burnt out. You don't really want to serve in church because we were striving to be good enough for God instead of realizing we already were. Instead of serving from a place of rest, we serve from a place of striving. We were striving to be good enough, not resting in the finished work of Jesus that already makes us good enough. So the fact of the matter is perseverance doesn't come from you trying harder. Perseverance comes from you relying on him more. Perseverance does not come from you trying harder. Perseverance comes from you trusting him more. So I don't trust in myself and I don't even try. I trust in him knowing that he, listen, God has never failed and he ain't going to start now. Proverbs 19, 21, many are the plans in a man's heart, but only the purposes of God will prevail. His purposes never fail. They always prevail. And so if I know he can never lose, why would I bank on me when I can bank on him and always live victoriously? I may not look victorious. Y'all may not think I'm victorious. But the fact of the matter, in him, I can never fail. I may not understand why some things happen through the process of victory. I may not understand why some things happen through the process of conquering. I don't know why they happen. All I got to know is the one who's in control is good, and he's faithful, and he's true. And in the seasons of silence, seasons of silence is where we come to these revelations. Because in seasons of silence, you start to miss what you had with him. Because it's only when you don't feel his presence do you realize how truly impactful it was. Only when you don't feel the goosebumps is how much you miss the goosebumps. <laughs> only when it's gone from you do you know what you had lost. But the beauty of God is you never actually lost it. You just feel that way. <laughs> These are three mysteries, revelations that are revealed and implanted in our souls during seasons of silence. So if you are in a season of silence, I pray, Holy Spirit, <laughs> reveal what true praise is. Reveal what true prayer is. Reveal what true perseverance is. Because the fact of the matter is, nothing in the New Testament, you're not told to do anything in the New Testament except through His Spirit. There's not one thing you can say you can do in the New Testament that you can do outside of walking through His Spirit. The question of why. The question of why. I've noticed that in myself and other people's walks through the season of silence, y'all, because sometimes that season of silence could be a week, it could be a month, it could be years. I've seen some people walk through seasons of silence for years, but once they came out, they were more mature. They were more firm in their faith. They were more sturdy in what they believed. You could not rock them anymore. They for 100% knew that Jesus Christ was their firm foundation because even when they didn't feel him, he upheld them, he maintained them, and he sustained them. And so listen, the season of silence actually is a beautiful thing when we see it for what it is. If we see it as God abandoning us, we'll never see the purpose within it. 
But if we see it as a season, a season we must pass through to get to the next level, what he has for us. Listen, you have one purpose, but you're called to many things. But we can never live to the calling he has called us to if we don't get to the place he needs us at. And so in the season of silence, we have to see it for what it is so we can reap from it what he has for us in the bounty. Can I tell you, there's a bounty to be reaped from seasons of silence. There's always a season. There's a season for sowing. There's a season for reaping. I believe with my whole heart that seasons of silence are seasons of reaping. I don't even believe they're seasons of sowing. Hear, hear me out. Hear me out. We plant seeds in the good seasons. We're being given. We give out. We're being given. We give out. We're being given. We give out. But in the seasons of silence, there's nothing really in you to pour out anymore. When your spouse is acting wild, you ain't got nothing to pour out anymore. When someone passes away a loved one, you ain't got nothing to give out anymore. You're stuck in a place you cannot get yourself out of. You have poured out and poured out. And then you come to a season of silence where there's nothing left inside of you. You thought you poured it all out, but little did you know, in that season where God felt distant, he was preparing a harvest for you to reap. Nothing you do, God does not see. Nothing you do for him does not go unrewarded. He sees you. He knows you. And in those seasons of silence, he's got so much for you. I'm telling you, I have grown more in my seasons of silence more than I ever had in my seasons of prosperity. In my seasons of prosperity, I started to rely on myself. In my seasons of prosperity, I counted it as me who was doing something great, me who was striving enough, me who was doing enough. But in my seasons of silence, I realized it was never me. And in these seasons, he prepares a harvest for us. And so those questions of why, I've noticed that when these seasons start, they're usually questions of why. God, why is this happening? God, what's going on here? God, why? God, why? God, why? God, why? God, why? And there comes to a point, you have to be okay with him never answering your whys. There comes a point where we start asking, stop asking why. And our questions turn into statements such as, God, you are good. God, I don't understand, but you are faithful. God, I don't understand, but you are worthy of my praise. God, I don't get it, but you know what? I'm going to pray to you even if I don't feel like you hear me, even if I don't feel like you care what I got to say. Because after David says those two verses where he feels so broken, in verse 3, he turns around and says, God, but you are holy. What is David saying? God, you can't feel the way that I do. You are not fickle in emotions and feelings like I am. God, I may feel one way, but I know that is not who you are. When we declare God is holy, we declare he is set apart. He is not as I am. I may feel broken. He never could be. I may be depressed. He never could be. I may be living in poverty. He never could be. And so these things we experience and feel. David is saying this. He's saying, I feel this way, but that is not who you are. I feel distant, but I know you will never distance yourself. I feel this way, but I know that's not who you are. Are. And in those seasons, we stop asking why and we start making declarative statements about who he is. And that's when you know you've understood the mystery of silence. When you stop asking God, why is this happening? You start declaring who he is. True faith and true trust is built up in seasons of silence. It's easy to persevere when everything's going great. It's easy to serve when everything's going great. It's easy to, to love your spouse when things are going great. It's easy. But it's in these seasons of silence where you can't hear him or feel him, that your true trust in him is built up. 
Because you can't see what he's working, but you trust that he's working. You can't hear what he's saying, but you know that he's speaking. God has never stopped speaking. And so in these seasons, we know and have faith that in the seasons of silence, there's a purpose in the silence. And if there's anything you take away today in your season of silence, there's a purpose for the silence. Because nothing happens. And listen, I don't understand. I can't even explain. Y'all, there's some passages in the Bible that I'm like, God, why? I ain't never going to know the answer to a lot of these things, and we never will. But are we going to be okay in the mystery of the why? Knowing that in all things, in all things, he's working. (laughs) He's operating. He's in the midst of it. Y'all, God's toiling in the soil. And he's working these things for the good of those who love him. There's that love thing again. For those who love him under the called according to whose purpose? Whose purpose? His purpose. Called according to his purpose. What do we know about his purpose? It shall never fail. His purpose for you will come to pass, shall come to pass, is coming to pass, is working itself out in your life, through your life. It's not about you, it's about him. So next time you want to beat yourself up thinking you're not good enough, remind yourself, I'm not even the one doing the work. I'm not even the one paving the way. It's him working in me, him working through me. He's the one who started the work. He's the one who finished the work. Listen, I'm trying to shift us into a way of thinking that's outside the normality of most American Christian churches. I'm not here to explain everything to you. I'm here to make you question things you believed in the past that would then show you a bigger and better and good God. Life is a mystery. Who knows this? You can't explain what you see. You can't explain what you experience. You can't explain what happens. Life is a mystery, and this is the beauty of the mystery. The mystery is not meant to be explained or understood. The mystery is meant to be lived. The mystery of life is not meant to be understood or explained because when you get stuck in that way of thinking, you put God aside and you rely on your own reason and understanding. Because a lot of things that happen in this life, you can't make sense of it. I don't know why overseas young women are killed and tortured and sold into sex slavery. I can't answer those questions. I don't know why in America children are stolen from families and sold. I can't answer these questions. But I know that even in the midst of the nasty, horrible things of the mystery of this life, I know that God has good plans for every single one of us. The mystery of life is meant to be lived, not explained or understood. Will you please stand with me? Will you raise your hands to heaven with me? Father, we declare today that you are good. <laughs> I want everybody to say that. Ready? God, you are good. Come on, say it one more time. And Father, I pray that those who are going through seasons of silence, that that came from their very innermost being. That instead of asking why, we start declaring, God, you are good. That we start to see the purpose in the silence. That we start to understand there's a harvest waiting for us, a harvest of revelation, a harvest of comfort waiting in the seasons of silence for us to reap. 
And Father, I pray for those who are in seasons of prosperity that they continue to sow because life comes in seasons and there will be a, a season of silence coming at some point in their life. And Father, I pray that in the season of prosperity, they are sowing, 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 sowing into you, into your kingdom so that when that season of silence comes, they are maintained and sustained by you. Understanding that their prosperity came from you in the first place. That it's always been you, Father. And Father, I just pray that the worship of this church becomes so beautiful and pure that we understand our purpose is to glorify and glorify we shall. That whether we eat or drink, whether we lie down or stand up or whatever we do, that we bring glory to you by living according to your purpose. Because we were created for you, not you for us. You don't owe us anything. You don't owe us answers. But Father, I pray in these seasons we realize you really are that big. You really are that good that you are a big, big God and we are tiny, tiny creatures. That we don't try to make God small so we feel big, but we realize he is big so we are made up with him. And Father, we thank you that in all things, your purpose is to work out good for us. That your, your purposes never fail and they always prevail. And so Father, I just pray that if there are those in here going through a season of silence, that this was life to them that this, this was a word of life to them that takes root in their souls and things that were dead start to come to life again. That the weeds that grew up in the garden of their soul become beautiful flowers, a harvest of glory for you, Father. We just thank you for this day, Father. I thank you for this time to gather together. And once again, Father, I just pray that we go from this place filled with life and encouragement to walk out the purpose you have for us. In your mighty name we pray, amen. And amen. Um, food. Food in the outreach pantry. So y'all please go and receive of that. We love you guys. Thank you for being with us.